Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Show. I'm excited to have LinkedIn expert Jennifer Darling back with us again. Welcome back, Jennifer. Hi, Jane. I'm excited to be here with you too. Well, you and I have kind of been in touch over the years and you actually just gave me a LinkedIn tip that I didn't even know about last (laughs) week in order to, we'll talk a little bit about your social selling index here in a minute, but in order to really be seen by LinkedIn as an expert, Mm -hmm. when you're engaging with people, you cannot write comments like good job. It needs to be how many words in order for them to think of it as meaningful conversation engagement. Yeah. So LinkedIn does a good job of measuring it and helping them boost their posts a bit if it's five words plus their name. So the five words or more does not include their name. So instead of like, good job, you might reply with something like, good job. I really loved your post. (laughs) I mean, even that. that helps with the algorithm, but to have a meaningful conversation with somebody, think of what it is you're going to say that they would comment and reply back. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. And and the overall outcome of doing that is that your SSI, your social selling index goes up and LinkedIn, what did they do with that? When your SSI goes up, does that mean that you are getting more boosts when you do posts? Yeah. So what happens, (laughs) so this SSI is called a social selling index and it's the technical measurement LinkedIn uses to, we'll we'll call it boost, to boost your profile. Mm -hmm. What it means is that if you get a higher SSI, for one, your LinkedIn profile could be more searchable on Google, Yahoo and Bing. Ah, so that's a really big thing. And then also your profile will be served up to more people recommending that they should connect with you. And I've seen where my clients, when their social selling index goes up, so does the views on their posts, whatever the content is that they create, whether it's posts or articles or whatever. Mm -hmm. So let's just, uh, because I didn't mean to bring this up so early on, but let's just go ahead and tell everybody how you find out. So this brings out the inner competitor in all of us. I remember I was sitting in a class with you. I probably said this on the last podcast too. And you said, this is how you find your SSI. And I looked mine up and it was low, like I think in the forties or something like that. And I, ah, I freaked out. I'm like, okay. And the one change that I made right away, Jennifer was And you can explain what the four components of the score are. But I just started going on on a daily basis and I had never done that before. I kind of ignored LinkedIn. I didn't really do that much on it. And now I go on at least every day and just let let me let me see if I have any message. I'm just actually there present. I wouldn't say I spend the amount of time that I probably should, which is why my numbers aren't as high in the two. So explain to everybody what the four components of the score are now. I'm ranking top 3% in the industry, and that's in sales professional in professional training and coaching industry. So that's pretty good. No, that's awesome. Actually, you're doing great. So first off, 
Let me tell people how to find their social selling. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought we did that, but maybe we did. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. We did it on our pre-conversation, but we'll do it here. (laughs) Make sure everybody can catch up with us. So what you want to do is you want to go to linkedin.com and that needs to be all lowercase, one uppercase letter. And I don't know why it doesn't work. So linkedin.com slash the word sales slash SSI, which stands for Social Selling Index. You cannot get there through LinkedIn. You need to go to Google Chrome or wherever and type that exact thing in, linkedin.com slash sales slash SSI. What you're going to see are a bunch of charts, some pie charts and some bar charts. It's analytics. For those of you who love analytics, I am not a lover of analytics, but this Getting a score out of a hundred just really brings out my competitive nature. <laughs> and of course, now I'm like, okay, I need to get my score higher. I need to answer with more. And I can't tell you how many times I have just been like, bravo, good job. Now I'll answer with five <laughs> words. That's going to get this middle score up. Okay. So what are, what are the four components? The four Yes. Elements? So there you'll see four Bars. I always want to call call them opposite. Four bars. There are four elements there. The top and the bottom build your professional image and the bottom, which is really about connecting with people, building your relationships. Those are the two easiest ones that you have the most control over increasing. And the top one is such a big piece. It is uh, making sure your entire profile is completed. Okay. It is publishing articles. LinkedIn has its own publishing platform. No other social media platform has a built-in publisher. And so that's really cool. It also is having testimonials, what they call recommendations. Mm -hmm. Those three components, and there's one more, multimedia, adding multimedia. So videos, PDFs, et cetera. Those are four really big components that go into that top score. The bottom score, and I'll I'll focus on those two first because they're the easiest to increase. Mm -hmm. The bottom one is building relationships. So how many connections do you have? And then what are the percentage of people who are accepting your connection requests? Those two things you can, I don't want to say easily, it takes some dedication, but they're also critical for speakers. Now, the middle two are the hardest to get to a 25 to 25 unless you're just like, in LinkedIn 40 hours a week, you have a premium version, you know, but with the free version, you can do so, so much. And those middle two are daily activity, getting on and, and um, having discussions with people networking. So one is called find the right people. And the other one is engage with insights. Yeah, I'm going to assume that it's the engage with insights that I wasn't doing as well as I needed to do by not really engaging truly with people. Right. I was, I was a lurker. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So that engaging with insights, it has to do with uh, what you need to do to increase that one is to like, comment and, and comment. And I say with um, really relevant posts, a relevant yeah. comment, and then um, sharing other people's work. Okay. And then also when you connect with somebody, also using the messenger feature as well. Okay. So let's talk about, oh, there's just so much to unpack even in what (laughs) you just said, because I keep thinking about kind of some of the do's and don'ts on LinkedIn. What -hmm. would you say are the things I know what I find the most annoying Mm -hmm. 
And that is, we have an old term in speaking called when you show up and throw up, you, (laughs) you arrive at somebody who has agreed to link with you, agreed to accept, accepted Mm -hmm. your invitation, and then you send them a four page letter and who's going to read that? Please. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you could see my, my face right now, I would be <laughs> sticking my finger down. My <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. So we're calling that my friend Heather, she's one of my students in my classes. We're calling that, I have to be very careful as I say this, pitch slapping. Nobody pitch wants slapping. to be pitch slapped. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm writing that well, down, you know, Heather. Nobody does. And what I figured out is that you know, I've been in sales for 25 years. We've done a lot of cold calling, mm-hmm. but I would say cold calling is different 20 years ago than it is now. And people's inboxes are filled with cold messages. And the reality is, as I have been a student of sales, is that what I have learned and experienced is that less than 1% of cold leads are in the market to buy from you today. Which is why when you message people, it feels so icky to them to receive your sales message because they're not in the market to buy. Right. Right. And so then all you do is just annoy people and and waste their time when there are better strategic ways that you can go about building your business and growing your leads. Yeah. And these open-ended questions, what are you working on right now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like... What is that switch? What do you call that switch bait or bait and switch switch or whatever? Uh, By the way, we didn't really give you a proper introduction of you. LinkedIn is what you spend all of your time doing. You are indeed a LinkedIn expert. You're one of my absolute go-to people when it comes to things to know about LinkedIn. Tell everybody what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis. Sure. So I actually kind of fell into LinkedIn a little bit. And what I mean by that is my background, as I said, is in sales and marketing. I was in TV advertising sales and sales management for a long time and then decided to start my own business. And I learned very quickly that the same techniques I was using when it came to helping my clients promote themselves in advertising were the same strategies and techniques I was using on LinkedIn. And therefore, I was generating a lot of leads and visibility for my new business. And then I started teaching others how to do that. So I take a combination approach of networking, speaking, social media, and referrals. Those four things are what grow my my speaking business. And when I say speaking business, it is paid speaking and leveraged speaking right now. And it is largely consulting right now as well, just because of the demand that we have for speaking. Yeah. And I've sent a few clients over to you to, Hey, help me get my LinkedIn profile up to speed. I want to raise my SSI score. Yes. And that's something that you can do with somebody in one session, isn't it? Exactly. In fact, one of the people that you sent me is doing remarkable on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yes. David. Yeah, David Atkins, go follow oh, him because yeah. he's really doing um, amazing things. And he was doing great things before. Yes. He just wasn't using LinkedIn as Didn't a tool even, for him. Yes. And I thought, okay, well, if you're going to do it well, let's go and, and put you on with Jennifer. And she'll, he already had a really good handle on social media. 
And he transferred all his skills over to LinkedIn and immediately got some great results. I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. He's doing awesome. So everybody should go follow him and see what he's, he's doing. He's doing an excellent job. Well, that's great. Okay. So you said networking, speaking. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I must have, I put networking twice. Networking, speaking, referrals. And what was the fourth one? Networking, social, LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. I say social media because I do use a little bit of the other social media platforms, just depending on what it is I'm looking for. But hands down, LinkedIn is my number one favorite. And that's, I think, largely because my clients are in LinkedIn. They're not in Facebook. Right. No. So what happens, what recently happened is that I start launched a new LinkedIn course and I had a Facebook group because Facebook groups are awesome. They're real, mm-hmm. they're just, um, they're set up the best yes. and I didn't have a LinkedIn group, but my clients were like, we're not even on Facebook. So I had to start a LinkedIn group for those people because my corporate clients are not hanging out on LinkedIn. And so how has that been? Like, has LinkedIn come a ways with their groups? Because I'm thinking they probably are getting it a little bit more and more together, are they? They do not have the same functions of a Facebook group. They do not. And at the same time, though, it's way easier to get people who are on the platform into a LinkedIn group than to get them from a LinkedIn group to a Facebook group, right? It's just like a totally, it's like, if somebody wants tea and you're serving them soda, it's just not, you know, they were expecting tea. <laughs> and so my LinkedIn group actually works pretty good. I, I have about 700 members who are all people who took my course. Oh, so it's wow. not open to the public, although I think I'm going to open it soon. And the thing about any community or group is that you really have to get it going. You mm-hmm. have to be the conduit to make it work. And you have to keep it going and keep mm-hmm. engaging. How often do you need to, this is another little sidebar, but how often do you need to communicate with people in any group that you start? Yeah, I think best would be three to five times a week. Okay. As you're starting, because you're starting a community. Right. No, it's like you're starting and growing a community. And it's all about engagement. And I have some groups that I need to shut down because I haven't engaged. Uh, You know, we've started over the years a long list of groups, mostly on Facebook. I've never actually tried one on LinkedIn before. And I'd be interested maybe to uh, try that. So, okay. What is one of the biggest challenges? Now I'm getting to the actual questions. (laughs) (laughs) What is one of the biggest challenges that speakers have when it comes to getting leads on LinkedIn? We want to do business out there, obviously. So let's first talk about who's on LinkedIn versus who's on Facebook and Insta. Because I know there's people who are getting, I know there's people who are getting business from all different social media platforms. Oh yeah. I think there are people getting business from Facebook, from Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, well, Clubhouse, the the new uh, hit on the block, which is super fun and easy to suck your time away. Um, All of those are, are potentials. And for LinkedIn, I think if your audience is the corporate market, organizations, nonprofits, you're going to find that they're on LinkedIn more so and they're having business conversations on LinkedIn. They may be on Facebook, but they don't want to have business conversations on Facebook. They're probably there 
to hang out with their family and friends, et cetera. LinkedIn is all about business, you know? It's interesting. And what I've noticed during the political season was that Twitter was all about politics. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is all about business. Facebook is kind of like a mashup of a few different things. And Instagram, I don't even know how to categorize that. I feel like that's a bit of a mashup as well, but it's all about kind of like lifestyle, like the brand, I guess, the brand. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And okay, so... Clubhouse must be associated with uh, Twitter and Facebook, are they? I don't know exactly. Uh, jury's out. So here's yeah. here's what I say about, I think if your audience, your target market is entrepreneurs, okay, then I, I think that Facebook is awesome for that. Mm-hmm. I think Clubhouse is awesome for that. And okay. I think Instagram is awesome for that. Okay. Let's tell everybody a little bit in case they're not familiar with Clubhouse. Tell everybody just a little bit about it. We won't go down the clubhouse mm-hmm. rabbit hole okay. because this may be a show in a, in and of itself. If I can find <laughs> someone who's been around it long enough to say <laughs> you're a clubhouse expert, tell everybody what you know. How long have you been on there? Uh, not long. I don't even think a month. And I think I can introduce you to somebody who could help you with that. And that's longer than me. So this is, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got on it one day and I found myself lost in listening to conversations. And quite frankly, I have, I have a lot of work to do. I'm a very, yeah. you know, busy gal. And so I didn't want to get lost in those conversations, which were really fun. But here's what Clubhouse is. It is like having your own live radio program or live podcast, not a recorded podcast that you create later, but it is not recorded. The conversations are not recorded. So you have to show up live into a room to participate. So audio only. Yeah. Audio only. Right now um, it's it's only on iOS. You can't even get it if you're on um, Android, an Android uh, device of any kind. So if you have an iPad, you can you can still get on there. It's by invitation only at this point. I think they're still in the beta stages, but I think they've been going about what seven months now. Is that right? Actually, I think they've been a little around a little bit longer. I think what happened is they have this explosion, a viral explosion of people mm-hmm. connecting, and I think they're going to have in March. I think they're going to have an Android version, is what I've been hearing. Oh, that's cool. And um, let's put in a plug for uh, Jennifer. If people want to follow you, where can they find you in most situations? It is, is it your name, Jennifer Darling? Yeah. So I share the same name with an actress from the 70s. So, oh, she's, <laughs> so she's funny. swiped up a little bit of what I would like to have. Um, so on LinkedIn, it's Jennifer Darling Speaks. Okay. And on Twitter and Clubhouse is at the Real J Darling. The real Jay Darling. And if people want to find me, please come over to Clubhouse. We'd love to connect with you. And we're doing things on a weekly basis out there. It's uh, at Jane Atkinson. And that's the same across the board, except for Instagram. It's at Jane Atkinson one. I also have a seventies actress. <laughs> you do? And she spells her name with a Y, J-A-Y. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you have that separation. And, and she was uh, on a, on a show. 
was it called family or something like that? She was on a show that I watched regularly and it, and it was so <laughs> weird to see my name on the screen all the time. Anyway. Yeah. I think this woman was on the bionic woman or the bionic oh. man or you remember, recall those shows from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. All right. So the one biggest challenge speakers have when it comes to getting leads on LinkedIn, did we? Oh yeah. We didn't oh, answer that. Again? <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to give you two. The first one is strategically using LinkedIn. And so I think people get on LinkedIn, they create a profile. Quite honestly, most speakers don't put their marketing tools on LinkedIn that they need to, you know, you have a suite of marketing tools, every speaker needs, and they're not putting those on LinkedIn. Um, But strategically using the tool versus Try just posting for whatever reason, putting just throwing something up. Like you really need to strategically use a tool. Don't waste your time. There are some specific things that you need to do with connecting with people, with posting, with a marketing plan. Um, That's the way you want to use LinkedIn is really to have a plan to go into using it. What is the purpose you're there for, and what is the outcome you're looking for, and manage in between that. Okay. The second thing I would say is that. It doesn't really doesn't matter if you're a speaker or you're B2B sales person or whatever. You don't have enough leads. You don't have enough leads on your plate to convert any business. Not enough people know about you. Okay. And so you really need to grow your network pretty wide and pretty deep so that more the more people that know about you, the more people who are going to be able to refer you or hire you, but referrals especially. Because if you work your referrals, you'll grow, you'll grow your opportunities much, much bigger. Okay. So when it comes to growing your network, you would reach out, ask for connections. Do you always put a note in when you're asking for a connection and say why? I do. I always put a note in and I always do my homework. Oh, see, now we're getting into the nitty gritty of things. Doing your research is probably the reason why people say yes to you. Yep. I do not send out a connection request if I don't have something smart and relevant to say to them. I will follow them instead because I can follow them until I learn more about them and then I can send a connection request. Mm -hmm. But I don't just send out generic connection requests. There are people that do that. There are companies that you can hire to do that for you, but I just don't do that. And I find that my relationships are a lot uh, stronger. I don't have 30,000 connections. I have 6,000. Right. But those 6,000 are the ones I've connected with are, are rich in relationship. Right. Right. Lean and mean is kind of our attitude as well. And I don't know, we're probably around there too. Um, Oh, so much to talk about Jennifer. So this is a subject that continues to come up on the wealthy speaker podcast is that it all comes down to doing your research and starting to actually build a relationship. It's not about something that lacks meaning. Connect, you know, I mean, we call it a, a connection, but really a connection without anything behind it is, mm-hmm. right? It's nothing. It's hollow. So I think that um, when you do reach out, we accept connections from anybody. Mm-hmm. And I do you think that people should? We probably get 10 or 15 or 20 yeah. a week requests, but a lot of people want to sell me something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I accept 
I, I used to accept 99% of all the connection requests, meaning I typically will go look at somebody's profile before I accept their connection request. Okay. The minimum, I read their title to see what they're about. Right. And I'll, I'll accept most people because you never know where your next referral is going to come from. And our jobs as prospectors is really to get our word out to as many people that can know us as possible. And I get lots of referrals from people I don't even know because somebody's following me or connected on LinkedIn. Okay. That said, recently, I find more and more and more sales messages. Now, I'm tolerant of those sales messages because in between those sales messages are really great, amazing prospects. So if I just turn LinkedIn off, which is a lot of people like, I don't even want to be on LinkedIn because I get too many sales messages. Right. Um, then you may be losing the opportunity of a prospect. So I, I ignore those. But there are some people lately where I'm noticing they're coming from other countries. Okay. Now, English-speaking countries, to me, totally fine. Um, but if you're speaking another language, like there's no reason for us to connect because I no. can't communicate. Right. So okay. I will get rid of, you know, I'll get rid of those. And if there's too much sales go sales messages going on, if I get, you know, two or three from somebody, I either will message them and tell them I'm not interested. Or a lot of times I do actually right from the bat, I say, I'm not interested. Yeah. I message them back. But if I'm, if it's becoming like very annoying, I go and I delete the connection because they can't message you anymore. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. If you're looking for corporate or association mm -hmm. leads, LinkedIn is probably the best one there. If entrepreneurs are your people, then Facebook or perhaps the new clubhouse might be a good mm -hmm. <coughs> path for you. Okay. This is very helpful. What are, and you might've already covered this, some of the missed opportunities for speakers you is using LinkedIn. And you you brushed on it earlier very quickly. Yeah. And I'm probably taking us down a rabbit hole away from the question, but I will premium or not premium. <laughs> is, is that an opportunity that people should be taking? And then go to your question. Okay, got it. Your answer. So there are two premiums that most speakers look at. And the first is called premium. The second is called sales navigator. Yes. yes. Don't even mess around with the first one premium okay. because it will not get you anything you're looking for. Sales navigator is for salespeople. All okay. speakers are salespeople, right? Okay. So sales navigator will allow you to tag people. It will allow you to get a little bit of additional information than the free version of LinkedIn does. Okay. And so if you are using LinkedIn, the free version, if you're using it, and you're maximizing it, let's say you have a high social selling index, if you want to look at that, then you could look at Sales Navigator. But if you're not maxing out on your connections each month, if you're not maxing out on your uh, messaging each month, okay, then I wouldn't even it. worry about it. Like I okay. think Sales Nav Navigator is excellent for professional sales teams that are trying to really build and grow high volumes of people. But many speakers, I mean, are looking for, I mean, if you got if you got 25 speaking engagements or 50 in speaking engagements a year, you would probably be doing cartwheels. Right. You know? right. So exactly. I so, don't know. I, I think you could do a lot with a free version, Jane. Okay, great. That's really good intel. Uh, missed opportunities. Let's circle back to then yeah. that question. Where do you yeah. think they are? Uh, there are a couple. The first one is 
there is a featured section right under your about section. And Mm -hmm. there are these are big blocks of content. You can see two and a half blocks of content. As a speaker, you should have your speaker video there. You should have, if you have uh, a book that you sell, you should have linked to your book. I don't think I have anything there. What's going on? Yes, it's a big, huge section. And um, you can have many things in there, but the reality is I don't think people scroll over to see more. So you want to have your best two and a half pieces of marketing in those in that featured section. Okay. So here's what it says. Showcase your work by featuring your best posts, documents, nope. media, and websites and yep. featured. I, how long I didn't even notice that this was there and I hadn't uh, used it. So that's, that's a great tip right there. I'm going to fill that in and uh, upload some things. What do you think gets you the most traction? Well, for sure, your speaker video, right? I mean, that's yeah. just like a, that's just a piece that you have to have. Yep. And then um, it may be a link back to your website. Website. And if you have a book, like I have my book featured first, because largely my topic is going to be around LinkedIn. I also speak on leadership. I don't have anything there on leadership, but LinkedIn mm-hmm. is largely what I'm going to get booked for. Um, so if you have your book, that should be there too. Like to me, those, the, the video, the book, your website, three biggest pieces of marketing. Love it. Now it says here, best posts. How do you know what your best posts are? Is there a, how do you go and find yeah. what your best posts? Are? Yeah. You could judge that by seeing how many views and engagements that you're getting on a post. Like, does it, is there anywhere that you can see them by in order of what no. you the best juice? Okay. Nope. Um, if you posting articles and documents, mm-hmm. those are amazing things you should be posting. Most people aren't using the documents feature, which is, <laughs> which is what, a rock what, star feature. What do you might uh, give me an example of a document? So we have a lot of lead magnet documents. Yeah. Should we be posting those? Yeah. Yes. And how do they, how to, so, but I'd want to put it as a link, not as a document because yeah, I you would need to put the link. Off. You can add the link to the document. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can add it to the, like the uh, description, the content okay. about the document. So last year I got the privilege of speaking at the PCMA convening leaders conference. Mm-hmm. It's a huge conference in San Francisco. I'm sure you know about it. Tell everybody what PCMA means. I know. Yes. A professional, um, what is it? Convention and meeting planners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, it's the largest meeting plan, professional meeting planner, planner, meeting professional event planner, depending on who you talk to, which term Mm -hmm. you're going to use. In, I don't know if it's in the world, but for surely in the country. So 5,000 meeting planners and suppliers come to this conference. Okay. It moves around. It'll be in, it was in Houston this year, but last year in San Francisco. So I got a chance to speak there and I was really cool because I spoke right after Simon Sinek and I was at the stage right next to him. So that was super cool. Yay. Um, and so I had, they sat my room for 200 people, but I had 500 people. So we had standing room, people laying on the floor, sitting on the floor, whatever. It was magnificent. Well, what happened, and I'm going to tell you how I'm going to, how I use LinkedIn in this, because this is one of the amazing opportunities that you have as a speaker, whether it's virtual speaking or in-person speaking, you can do the same thing. You just need to get a little creative with the virtual. So what happened was before my speaking time, I went around and I took pictures with the people that I networked with. 
and I posted them on LinkedIn. I took a picture of the stage map with Simon Sinek and then me next to it, posted on LinkedIn, tagged my person who hired me, tagged all the people I was taking pictures with. So I was creating my own buzz of the conference on LinkedIn. Yes. I took pictures of other speakers, tagged them. One woman from Visit Detroit spoke. I tagged her. I had like 3,000 views on that post and a bunch of new comments from people who were at visitors and convention bureaus all over the country because I showcased her and they were her connections. And then I did my speaking engagement right before I was on stage. I went around to my audience, people coming in, I would take pictures of them, pictures of their badge, because how else was I going to remember them? And then right after my talk, or a little bit later, I posted their pictures and tagged the people in my audience I had social media pictures with. So I'm just creating this big buzz and getting thousands of views and new people on my post. Many meeting planners looking at my stuff because they're in the audience. And then what happens is a day or two later, I publish a document. Now, a document, I use PDFs. You can use PowerPoint or whatever, but the Mm -hmm. document I was my how to build a rock star LinkedIn profile. Mm. Now, I also have that as an article, but I repurposed it as a document. I had like 3,000 posts and I can go look at the analytics to see where they're coming from. Many of them came from Philadelphia. Number one source was Philadelphia. And that's where my meeting planner lives. The person who hired me, that's where they lived. How incredible that you did all of that. And This has been one of the richest podcasts, Jennifer, in terms of ideas that I think we've done in a long time. Now, you mentioned virtual. I think that one of the big misses I'm seeing for virtual is that people are not asking for the business in the same way that they would do at a live conference. So what are you doing to make sure that are you, do you ask for connections on a main stage and on virtual? How mm-hmm. talk a little yes. bit about asking so for on, connections. On the main stage, I show them how we can all connect using the LinkedIn app. They have a Bluetooth oh. feature. So yes. I do that in person, right? You remember that? Okay. Yeah. So t- just go through that because <laughs> that is like one of the coolest things. You did it at my live event somewhere where we were. And that was like so awesome. So you can go into the LinkedIn app on your phone and do what? Yeah. So there's two things you could do. The first, the one that you're thinking of is connect with everyone nearby. The feature is, I I think it's on silent right now. So we'll have to wait and see if that comes back because that was really super cool. But let's see here if it's still, if I, yeah. But what you can do in it, also is that everybody has a QR code with LinkedIn and all you do is go to your LinkedIn app and then on the top where it says search, there'll be four little dots. And if you click on those, it'll have a scan in my code. And so you can easily just scan somebody else's code and grow your connections right there. It's like, Uh, instead of handing out business cards that you go and put in a desk drawer, and you forget where they come from. Right, right. You, you link with people immediately, yeah. code. And then in the evening, when you're settling down, you go back and write them a message and you say, it was really great to meet you at CAPS today. Mm-hmm. The conference is amazing. And I'm so glad we have a new connection. What happens when you do that is now you've just implanted uh, a keyword, CAPS. That's the uh, convention where you're at or wherever you're mm-hmm. meeting. 
And then later you can go back and you can search for that keyword inside of your, inside of your messaging and you can find all the people you connected with at CAPS. So I did that. And so when I went back to CAPS convention the second time, I went and searched for everybody I'd met for and said, hey, I can't wait to see you when I get there and have great conversations. I remember getting that message from you. So where do you connect with the people in the room? Are you saying that that's not not on anymore? They're not. Yeah, it's it's not happening right now. I'm hoping that we'll bring it back because that was super duper cool. But it does as a speaker, you do have to give them some instructions. Okay. So it's a little bit challenging to go through the instructions. Okay. So now let's transfer over to virtual Virtual. because I mean, it's so easy to say, come and find me on LinkedIn and connect with me. So I do that. Yeah. So I a hundred percent do that. So one of the things that I think that's amazing about virtual, I love doing virtual is that you can build community and networking through your virtual platform. So since, so what I always do is encourage people when you're at a, um, a conference, a virtual conference or a virtual networking platform, you should help the audience to connect with each other. So I always say we're here also networking, learning, education and networking. So everybody go and put your LinkedIn link in the chat room and connect with each other. It's a really great way to grow your network with people you have something in common about and then send them a message that you have met here. So that's one thing I do. The other thing that I do is I use a text campaign. And so I have them text text me to receive a link that the ultimate LinkedIn profile. So that only works in the country that you're in. I tried doing that. Like I'm in the US. I tried doing that in Canada. We use different phone services. So then you have to use a website instead. But the phone... You know, I have them text LinkedIn to 41400 and then they get back my ultimate links, uh, my ultimate LinkedIn profile checklist. And then from there, then I will go and invite them to link, to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, sometimes, depending on the, the who it is, uh, sometimes then I will invite them to one of my upcoming, my upcoming events because I produce my own virtual events as well. Oh, beautiful. Well, what platform are you using for your text to feature? Mm-hmm. I use one called Mobinity, M-O-B-I-N-I-T-I. Okay. It's awesome and it's super low fee. Okay. Well, we'll put that in the show notes and everybody, if you want to get the best version of the show notes, which will uh, put together all the things Jennifer's been talking about, come on over to speakerlauncher.com and click on podcast and you'll get this, uh, you'll see our podcast list there. And uh, we'll have the full blown version of the show notes. Okay, <laughs> final question. My goodness, we packed a lot into this. This <laughs> one, we might have to put this out as a podcast on LinkedIn, like especially for them. It's so rich. What's one of your favorite strategies for using LinkedIn to grow your speaking business? Did mm-hmm. we cover it already? Well, we talked about two, which was inviting the audience to connect. Like, mm-hmm. but I didn't say it that exact way, but I think you should always in the, invite the audience to connect with you because that's where your great referrals are going to come from. Yes. yes. And so if you do that and then you immediately follow up with some content that's relevant to what you spoke about, then whenever you first connect with somebody, I notice you get a boost of your content in their newsfeed. Mm -hmm. And then if they engage with it, LinkedIn says, oh, Jane likes her stuff. Like right now I'm getting tons of your, your content, Jane. 
Oh, right. Yay. I've been engaged, reading it, clicking on it, sharing it, whatever. And so I'll get more and more of that. Okay. And so it's excellent to create that top of mind awareness with your audience because those are the people who are going to give you a lot of referrals in the future. And so I would say connecting with your audience and then posting something strategically right after your speaking engagement. So you drive those views with your new connections are two of my top things to help you with that. Jennifer Darling, you've got my Jennifer Darling, <laughs> you've got my head spinning. I am so excited for everything that we have shared. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. I think we already <laughs> know this, but uh, let's go ahead and say it anyway, as well as your website. Yes. Yeah, so the biggest and best way to get in touch with me is linkedin.com and slash IN. Everybody has a little IN and then slash Jennifer Darling Speaks. Connect with me. Send me a note. Let me know you heard this on Jane's mm. podcast and I'll send you my ultimate LinkedIn profile checklist. So uh, that's all you need yeah. to do is connect with me and send me that message and we'll give you a little bonus. Um, and then my, I have two websites. Um, my speaker website is Jennifer Darling Speaks. Dot com. I call it my, uh, what was I calling it? My consumer website because yeah. I work, you know, I'm a speaker. So I have to have a professional speaker website for all the prof professionals that are going to hire me there. Then I have a consumer website because I have a lot of people who hire me one-on-one -on -one to do their LinkedIn profiles or train them or whatever. Okay, And, and so that one's Darling Coaching. Darlingcoaching.com. You got it. Okay. Beautiful. Jennifer, you have given us so much food for thought. I appreciate you coming back on. Uh, I want to ask you if you're going to come and be our in-house coach in the Wealthy Speaker School. We would love to have you <laughs> to do a session for our students because they are going to eat this up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a new one you'll love. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, we'll be in touch about that. If you have been listening and have appreciated what we were talking about, I fully expect to get a lot of really, really positive feedback from this one, everybody. So thank you, Jennifer. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.